You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Go with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. The, the message that I have this morning, um, I've actually had two Sundays where I haven't preached, which I've kind of felt a little bit, <laughs> I meant to, <laughs> and so uh, there's kind of a little bit of a build-up now, so... Uh, the title of my message this morning is Signs of Life, Signs of Life, Signs of Life. And I believe it's, a, it's going to be a prophetic message for you. Um, that, that doesn't matter what you teach in the Bible, it's going to be instructive, it's going to be powerful, it's going to be uh, able to be applied to your life and it'll transform your life. But, but it is, it is a, a great thing when... The anointing is on a particular word that becomes a word in season. And I, and I felt that this is a, a word in season. I felt like today is going to be a prophetic word. So I want you just to lean in, open your hearts. But 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 8. Uh, and I'm going to just do bits and pieces just to, to save time. But verse 8 says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food, so it was. As often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. I love this story because here is, a, here is a notable woman, but she lives in a place called Shunem. And she sees a, a man of God. This is Elisha. Elisha is, is, is walk, walking past. And she looks out and she, she recognizes that it's just not a man that's walking past. But she recognizes that this man is carrying something. That this is not an ordinary man that she's bringing in a house to feed. This is not an ordinary man. She says, I perceive that he is a holy man of God. Elisha is is the successor of Elijah. And he asked Elijah for something very difficult because he was so faithful to Elijah. Elijah says, listen, you've been so faithful. Ask anything that I can give you and I'll do it. He says, I want a double portion of the spirit, the anointing that's on you. And if you read your Bibles, which we encourage, by the way, if you read your Bibles, you will find that he does exactly double the miracles that Elijah did. He does twice the miracles that Elijah did. Carries double the anointing. She sees, she sees this man of God. And so she feeds him. But after a while, she's like, ah, you know, I invested into his ministry. It's nice to kind of feed the ministry, keep the thing alive, keep the thing going. But I, I, I want to attach my life to, to that ministry. So then let's, let's go down now to uh, verse 18. Verse 18 says, uh, and the child grew. Oh, hang, okay, sorry. Let me, let me back up. So before we read verse 18. So, so she lives in a place called Shunem. Shunem means uneven. Shunem is uneven. So she is, she is a notable woman. Some translations say that she's a very influential woman. She's a very prosperous woman. Some translations, she's an incredibly successful woman. But the place where she lives is called Shunem, which means uneven. And because of her kindness, Elijah says to, calls the woman 
And he says, listen, you've been so kind to, to, to me. What can we do for you? Would you like me to talk to the king? She says, I've already got access to the king. He says, well, uh, do you want me to talk to the commander of the army? Is there anything? She goes, I live amongst my own people. I, I don't need that. And then he looks to Gehazi and Elisha says to Gehazi, what can be done for her? And Gehazi says, well, master, uh, she has no son and her husband is old and advanced in years. In those days, they, they, they didn't have social security. Your social security was if you had children. Because as you got old, if your, your source of provision, your husband passed, your children would take you in. Well, her husband's old and she has no son. She has no child to take her in. She lives in Shunem. She lives in an uneven place. It is, it is normal that you will walk into the house of God and, and your business is firing. But man, my marriage right now is hanging by. It is normal to walk into the house of God and man, my spiritual life has never been so, but my kids are strung out on drugs. It is normal to walk into the house of God and life is uneven. That you, you, you just got promotion after promotion at work, but the doctors diagnosed me saying that this is, this is a, a, an illness that I'm going to be on medication for for the rest of my... You will find that you can walk into the house of God and you come into a place where it just seems like life is uneven. Life is uneven. But I want you to know that, 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 that the church's job, that, that there's an anointing on the church that God will, will make even that which is uneven. The Bible says every high mountain will be brought low and every valley shall be, shall be filled. Because God is a God that, that, that evens the playing field. So whatever, whatever area of your, you, you, don't, you don't have to win in one life and lose in another. You, you don't have to be successful and then at the expense of your marriage. You don't have to be successful at the expense of your kids, your family. You can have it all. You don't have to be successful but, but never make it financially. God wants to bless every single area of your life. And so, so Elijah, Elisha excuse me, says to her, he says, this time next year, in the spring of next year, you're going to bring forth a son. And she says, no, my Lord. No, my Lord. Do not say this. Do not deceive me. She, she was speaking out of the pain of constant disappointments. The first challenge when you come into to a house like this and you begin to hear that God is for you and you begin to hear that God is good and that God wants to bless you and God wants to enlarge your territory, that God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing to other people, the first obstacle will be the pain and the disappointments of your past. I'm not sure whether it was miscarriages or I'm not, just sure, I'm not sure whether it was just endlessly looking at that, that little stick, that little pregnancy test, negative, negative, negative. We're just the disappointment watching other people getting pregnant, watching other people playing with their kids, watching other people going on vacation with their kids and there's nothing and there's nothing and there's nothing. And so she says, do not, but the Bible says. But the Bible says. And it came to pass in the spring of the following year that she brought forth according to the word of Elisha. According to the word. I want you to know that there's a, there is an anointing on houses, on churches, where the word of the Lord can be released and the word of the Lord comes to pass. The word of the Lord comes to pass. So now let's go to verse 18. Excuse me, verse 18. And the child grew, which is what they do. <clears throat> Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, the reapers, 
uh, sorry, went out to his father to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. A lot of people say, well, he had sunstroke. Well, he sat on his knees till noon. You can't get sunstroke at nine in the morning. And she went up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And so he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither new moon or Sabbath, but she goes. Now come with me to verse uh, 28. When she gets to Elisha, verse 28, so she said, did I, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand. Be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not, the child has not, the child has not awakened. The title of my message today is Signs of Life. Leanne and I grew up in Australia, and uh, in Australia, swimming is mandatory at school. We have swimming carnivals at school. In fact, uh, it's highly encouraged that when you're in high school, that you not only do swimming and, and act, uh, participate in that, but uh, I had the opportunity in my 10th grade to do my bronze surf lifesaving, which means that you have to be able to swim eight laps of an Olympic pool in one go. And uh, you've got to be able to rescue somebody, resuscitate, five, two, five, two. You've got to be able to do all of that. And so they teach us that if you find somebody and, you know, they're the, the washed up on the beach or whatever, you know, you've got to look for signs of life. You've got to look for... For, for vital signs. You've got to see if there's a pulse and see if there's a breath. But isn't it interesting here that, that, that Gehazi lays the staff on the face of the child and he comes back and he reports and he says the child is not awakened, but he doesn't say there's no, there's no heartbeat, there's no breath. He says there's no voice or hearing. I want you to know that heaven has different categories, different priorities when it comes to signs of life. The earth looks for a pulse and the earth looks for breath. Heaven looks for voice and hearing. Let, let me explain that. There, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of ministries, and there are a lot of people, when we look at them, when we look at them, in the kingdom, we would, from an earthly perspective, say they've got, a, they've got pulse and they've got breath. They, they've got heartbeat, they've got heart, and they've got breath, inspiration. And so we, we will look, and in this last year, I believe there was like a separating and a sifting where we saw there were churches with inspirational sermons and inspirational messages and inspirational, and they had, they had inspire and they had heart. They have great programs and great outreach and, and, and feed the homeless and, and build orphanages in Mexico, and they, 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 do, they, they have heart. But what God is looking for is not just heart and inspiration. He's looking for voice and hearing. An awakened place. Our job in San Diego is to awaken, 
to bring voice and hearing. To bring voice and hearing. So, so let's, let's kind of keep reading. So, uh, so Elisha in verse 28 to 31, and then let's go to, let's go to verse 34. It says, And he went up and he lay on the child. And he put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned and walked back and forth in the house. And again he went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. And she went in and she fell down at his feet, bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. I've got three quick thoughts today on signs of life, signs of life. Uh, the first sign is these are the areas that Satan attacks. So he makes it very, very easy to see which signs of life. Point number one is what I call head attack, head attack. The Bible says that when the child was old enough, as he grew, it was old enough, he went out to his father and to the reapers. And as he went out to his father, to the reapers, he began to say, my head, my head. The Bible teaches us that the head of the church is Christ. If you know anything about zombies, you can't kill them with bullets. You've got to take their head off. It's just a fact. In the zombie apocalypse, you can unload all those rounds you like. But unless you take their head off, the life of the head flows down. The first attack is, is the head attack. Let me just break it down. So this, this child is, is conceived in a miracle, is brought forth in a miracle. But the time comes where the child needs to leave the breast and move into the field. There comes a time where the child needs to, to move from nursing into producing. It needs to move from just coming into life, coming into existence to a place of divine purpose. It needs to come to a place of, of infancy and dependency into a place of maturity and, and going into the, into the field amongst the reapers to begin to produce. When, when you are first born again, it's, it's like every prayer you pray answers. Every time you open the Bible, you can do Bible roulette. Bam, oh my, that's exactly what. And, and it's like every time, it's like God is, God is feeding you. But there comes a point, there comes a point in your Christian life where God wants to move you from always being fed, from always being nursed, always being sucked into a place where you are now productive, where you're now producing. When we started the church 16 years ago, 16 years ago, the church needed a location. It needed a place. It needed, we had to negotiate with, with the Poway Unified School District. We had to have, you know, uh, people there on a Sunday morning to, to set up. And we, 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 we needed... But then there came a point, there came a point where we were able to go into the field. But the attack that comes in the field is a head attack. The attack in the field is a head attack. That's why they're trying to bring critical race theory into our schools. The Bible says in, in uh, Daniel chapter 1 that when, they, when Nebuchadnezzar took the, the children of Israel out of Israel, out of the land, and carried them away captive to Babylon... He, 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 he ordained for them to have three years of training 
in the language and the literature of the Chaldeans so that they might serve before the king. It's called reprogramming. We, we live in an age right now where they're trying to reprogram. Our, our schools are no longer education, it's indoctrination. Because the devil knows that, that the way to stop you from reaping, the way to stop you from spiritual maturity, the way to, 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 to keep a generation from producing kingdom harvest is to attack the head. What dominates your mind directs your life. The thoughts that, that occupy and dominate your thinking direct the direction and determine the level of fruitfulness in your life. So the devil wants to get into our education system. He wants to lie about our founding. He wants to lie about our founding fathers. He wants to lie about the, the, the nature. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3. Has God really said? The battle is always about what God has really said. Has God really said that marriage is between? Has God really said that life begins in the womb? Has God really said? And we live in an age right now, and, and so that's why I'm so grateful that we started Awaken Academy. We have almost 700 students, 82 teachers, because, because we refuse to let the devil do a head attack and take out the maturity that, that's coming in. God wants to bring our church, He wants to bring you and I to, to maturity. The second attack is, is the voice attack. So isn't it interesting, he lays his staff on there and he says, there's neither voice nor hearing. He didn't say there's neither breath nor pulse, he says voice nor hearing. There's neither voice nor hearing. Right now, there's, there's a massive purge and a massive attack going on on our First Amendment. On our First Amendment. The First Amendment really is, is the, the right of free speech. But, but he, he, like for the third time, I don't, I'm not even going back. Don't go to Twitter, go to Getter. I'm on Getter. But I encourage you, go to Getter. It's... it's but I would put posts and it would be taken down. I put a post up on my Instagram the other day and I'm like, wow, it's interesting. Normally people, and then I find that it's on my feed, but it's, no one can find it because the truth has become censored. The tr if you don't have free speech, you don't have freedom. Any the, the first thing that ever wants to do is take away voice. It wants to take away voice because if you have no voice, nobody can hear you. The reason we're pro-life in this church is because we recognize that it's our job to be a voice for those who don't have a voice. We recognize it is our job to be a voice for those who don't have a voice. In, in Nazi Germany, one of, one of the pastors says, when they, when they came for the disabled, we didn't say anything because we weren't disabled. says, when they came for the homosexual, we didn't say anything because we weren't homosexual. So when they, when they came for the Jews, we didn't say anything because we weren't Jews. Says, and then when they came for the Christians, there was no one left to say anything. The, the church's job is to, is to be a voice, is to be a voice. Elijah, Elisha's predecessor, walks into the palace. He just, just 1 Kings 17, he just bursts onto the scene. And he just walks straight into the throne room. And there's, there's Ahab sitting on the throne, and he says to Ahab, there'll be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. And he turns and he walks out. And you can read that and think, well, that's a little arrogant. Why, why don't you just say there's no, going to be no dew nor rain here except at God's word? Because to Elijah, there was no difference. 
to Elijah, God's word is my word. Jesus says, I don't speak anything unless I first hear the Father speak it. Whatever I hear the Father say, that's what I speak. Our job in our city, our job in San Diego, our job in Salt Lake City, in our, is, to, is to make sure that God's voice has representation. That God's voice is being spoken. Because the Bible says it's His voice that causes the calves to skip. It's His voice that causes the mountain to break. It's His voice that calms the storms. It's His voice that brings justice. It's His voice that gives birth. It's His voice. The Bible says Jesus healed them with the Word. But in the time of Elijah, in the time of Elijah, Jezebel was killing the, the, the church. She was killing the prophets of God. And she was feeding from her table the false prophets, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. So Elijah has to have a, have a showdown at Mount Carmel. He has to have a, and he takes on the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400, uh, 400 prophets of Asherah, 850 false prophets to one. It's like that at the moment. You, you can't even turn the news. You can't even, Leanne and I have given up watching the news because it's, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter which station, NPR, MSNBC, NBC, CNN, it doesn't matter which you go, it, it's Baal and it's Asherah. It's Baal and it's Asherah. It's the fake news. It's the false prophets. But a guy called Obadiah, servant of God, Obadiah finds Elijah, Elijah and he says to Elijah, oh, Ahab's looking for you. He says, I've got to, I, I must present myself before. Go and tell him that you found me. He says, no, no, no I'm not leaving you because the Lord will take you up and, and, and then he'll kill me when I had you in my hand. I didn't. He says, all right, I'll come with you. And he says, you, you, has God told you anything about me, what I've been doing? What have you been doing? He says, well, there, I, I've, I've saved 100 prophets. I've saved them. And, and I've hidden them 50 in this cave, and I've hidden them 50 in that cave, and I feed them with bread and water. Feed them with bread and water. That, that's what I did. And, he, and what a good guy. And so Elijah, when he talks to God, he says, I alone am left. And I'm like, you just got word that you're not alone. You just got word that there's 150 in that cave, 50 in that cave. Elijah, you, you, you just... Using hyperbole here, or you're just exaggerating, trying to get God's attention. But the truth is, the truth is, Elijah was the only one left. He was the only one left speaking. And I, I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, why, why are these hundred prophets not speaking? And the Holy Spirit said, because they don't want to give up their location. They don't want to locate themselves. They're in self-preservation. In this last year, one of the saddest things, we've seen so many pastors, so many leaders prioritize self-preservation, not come out on issues, not come out on topics, not come out. They didn't want to make a stand. They didn't want to locate themselves because self-preservation was a higher priority for them. But you know the story, Elijah calls down fire and executes the prophets of Baal. We, we, we are here to make sure that God's voice, that God's voice has an expression, that God's voice is alive in San Diego, is alive in Salt Lake City. We refuse to back up. We refuse to shut up. We will no longer put up with the false prophets and the lies. We will speak up and we will declare, thus saith the Lord. Uh, Charlie Kirk, when he was here, was saying that, you know, there were some churches that went so far as they put rainbow flags up. And he says, the reason they did that, the reason they did that, because he, he's, he's a prophetic voice, says he felt like 
God showed him the reason they did that was just like in the Passover when they put the blood on the lentils so the destroyer would pass over. They felt like if they, rather than the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the lamb, if they put the rainbow flag up, then the destroyer, BLM, would, the destroyer would pass by and Tifa would pass by and they would be spared. We've got to find our voice. The last one, number three, is, is hear attack. Hear attack. Because the, the attack on the First Amendment, I want you to notice, it's not just the censoring of free speech. It's also, it's also the censoring of sources. The, 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 the American frontline doctors, Dr. Simone Gold, and all these doctors who, Fauci hasn't written a prescription in over 40 years. These are the people who are writing prescriptions. These are the people who are dealing on the front line each and every day with people with COVID. They're in the trenches. They're, they're saying, hey, hydroxychloroquine works. Oh, my gosh, ivermectin works. They're saying that all these treatments work. Why are you stripping them off? The, and they're being silenced. They're being silenced. Because there's an attack not just on your speech, but there's an attack on hearing. Why is there an attack on hearing? Because your hearing determines your speaking. Your hearing determines your speaking. I remember when my, my, uh, my eldest son, my beautiful eldest son, brought home his future wife, then now wife. They just celebrated one year. But, but when, when he brought my beautiful daughter-in-law, Raquel, home, he said, Dad, Dad, ask Raquel what her first language was. And I knew that her mama was from the Dominican Republic. I said, oh, simple, Spanish, Espanol. He says, nope. I'm like, oh. Uh, Portuguese? Nope. French? Nope. Creole? Nope. English? Nope. I'm going through all these languages. I'm like, I give in. He said, sign language. Because both the parents are deaf. Both the parents are deaf. As we were putting together, you know, wedding arrangements and everything else, what was so beautiful is they sign, but they also want to speak. But the, the, the enunciation is where they struggle because they can't hear to speak clearly. The devil knows that he can snuff out, he can silence the word, the voice of God, if he can snuff out what you hear. Do you know there are seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation? And all seven have this stanza, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Our job is, God bless all these organizations. But our job is to not just hear what the CDC and hear what the World Health Organization, our job is to hear what, what is heaven saying on what is going on right now? What is heaven saying on what is going on with the, the, the vaccinations and the, the mandatory masks? What, what, what is heaven's? Because our job, there is no, we are just a rotary organization. If we are just a parrot, if we are just echoing what the world is saying, our job is to lean into heaven, to hear from heaven so that our voice has clarity, that our voice has impact. We're to hear from heaven. In 1945, 1945, the Allied forces overcame. The Allied forces defeated Nazi Germany. 
Nazi Germany was defeated. Hitler, the war machine, the final solution was defeated. Sadly, six million Jews lost their lives and many millions others. But there was an agreement that was drawn up with, amongst the Allied forces that, that the USSR, the United Socialist Soviet Republic, would literally get half of Europe. And a line came down, an iron curtain came down in Europe. And unfortunately, my father, who was born in Eisenach, was on the east side in Germany when they split Germany in half. And so he grew up, didn't have the choice, he grew up in communism and atheism. That's where he grew up. He has, he's coming into faith, but he grew up with no faith because the churches were confiscated. Their lands and their wealth was confiscated. In all, all through the Eastern Bloc, the communists went to war against the church went to war against the church. You need to understand that um, our education system miseducates because you and I are educated to believe that the time moves in a linear direction. Last year was 2020. This year it's 2021. Next year it's 2022. Then it's 2020. Moves linear. The Bible doesn't teach linear time. The Bible teaches circular time. The Bible says that which was has will be again and that which is has been before every year we have summer every year comes every year every year we have fall every year we have spring uh, winter every year we have spring it goes in cycles time moves in cycles history moves in cycles when we defeated Nazi Germany we defeated the people that were moved by evil but you need to understand, we move the people moved by evil, but that evil never rests. That evil never rests. If you read the Bible, which we encourage, it's not defeated till Jesus comes back. And that evil always looks to partner with humans. It always looks to partner. And so it has fallen to us today to be the vanguards. It has fallen on us to fight for our liberties, to fight for the freedoms, to the dream of the founding fathers, it, it has come to us. The, the, the torch is in our hands. If, if we don't fight, all is lost. We have to rise up. But in 1945, just as the Iron Curtain is about to come down, just as they're about to ransack all the churches, 96% of the churches would be, would be closed and shut down. The pastors would either be sent to gulags and concentration camps or be executed on the spot. Bibles would be burned and destroyed and teaching Christianity would be outlawed. They would arrest in, in Russia. They would arrest babushkas. Babushka is a grandmother. Many and many of the grandmothers were arrested for teaching their children and their grandbabies Christianity. But the Russian Orthodox churches just happened to have their general assembly, just as they were on the precipice of this iron curtain coming down. And the Russian Orthodoxes uh, Orthodox churches gathered from all over the Soviet Union. They gathered from everywhere. And they met together just as this was about to happen. And these, these church leaders, these vanguards the, uh, of Christianity, on their priority list, the top priority, and the number one thing on their priority list was how many fingers should the priest hold up when giving the benediction? Should it be two or should it be three? That was the number one. Number two, the second thing on their agenda was what color robes 
should the priest be wearing when performing priestly duties? Should it be black or should it be crimson? And it was many, many hours of debate till they finally landed on a color. Their churches were about to be decimated. Pastors were about to be executed, prosecuted, and sent to the gulags. Christianity was about to be almost snuffed out in the Eastern Bloc. And the church is wondering about benedictions and robe colorings. No wonder Jesus said with almost a charge, with almost a lament, behoving that him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear what the, we have to hear what heaven is saying so that our voice can be clear. John the Baptist, when they said to him, who are you? He said, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the paths of God. We have to be a voice in the wilderness. We have to be a voice in the confusion. We have to be a voice in the darkness. We have to be a voice in the middle of fear. We have to be a voice in the anxiety. We have to be a voice. Now watch this. Let me finish. So Elisha, when he gets there, there's no, there's no voice nor hearing. So Elisha goes up into the room and he shuts the door behind him. And then the Bible says, and then Elisha lay on the child. He lay on the child. The assignment of awakened church is that which is dead in the earth. That which has expired in the earth. That we bring an anointing that is not of this world. We, 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 we overlay what is being attacked by the enemy. We overlay that which was expired with life from heaven. The anointing can come upon you and what is barren can become fruitful. The anointing when it comes upon you can shrivel a tumor. The anointing can cancel out. It can terminate a terminal diagnosis. It's what the anointing does. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Let me just tell you something. When you, when you heard uh, Pastor Mike Finn saying, hey, you know, if you, if you need a miracle, raise your hand. Let me just tell you something about miracles. You and I call them miracles, but for God, they're just, they're, that's just normal. Like, it's not, when you and I ask God for a miracle, it's not like, He's like, oh man, oh, oh Gabriel, quick. Look what they're asking. I'm just not sure about it. What is a miracle to you is just normal with God. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. In, do you know there's, there's nobody in a wheelchair in heaven? Do you know that? Do you know there's no blind seeing eye dogs? I got that right, in heaven. Unfortunately, there's no disabled parking in heaven either. There's no one terminal in heaven. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no deafness in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, they will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Jesus said, greater works will you do when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Do you know Jesus' shadow never healed anybody? But the Bible says that when the apostle Peter would walk by, they would bring their lame and they're crippled and they're maimed into the streets that even his shadow walking past would fall on them. 
So when we talk about miracles, we're, we're, we're not talking about, you know, Hail Marys. and we, we, we don't believe in miracles. We depend on them. We depend on them. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I mean, I'm married to Leanne. Hello, miracle. I've been married to her for 29 years. Greater miracle. I mean, for me, it was easy. That, anyway. But watch this. So, so he, lays, he lays on the child. Now watch this. I've got to finish. Lays on the child. Mouth to mouth, says. He lays on the child. If we can bring the verse up. He lays on the child, mouth to mouth. I think it's verse 34. Eye to eye. His eyes on his eyes. His hands on his hands. Mouth to mouth. How do we, how do we awaken a city? It's very simple. Out of our mouth comes what heaven says. 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 How did Jesus defeat the devil? Three times he says, hey, devil, it is written. See, in Genesis 3, the devil's question to the first Adam was, has God really said? Jesus, the second Adam, the last Adam says, hey, not only did God say it, but we Jews, we wrote it down. We didn't just write it down, but we, we called it the Torah, the Tanakh, and we meditate on it, and we teach it to our children and our children's children from generation. Devil, I want you to know God didn't just say it. We don't, don't, don't just believe that He said it, but we wrote it down and we meditate upon it because our job in the earth is what God has said, we will declare. What God has said, we will declare. Everything will change in your life when your words become heaven's words. The Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. As you begin to speak heavenly words, you'll find that there are heavenly results. Jesus, Jesus teaching in Matthew 13, I've got to finish. In Matthew 13, Jesus taught this. He said, he said, a sower goes out to sow. And then he teaches us that the seed is the word of God. So Jesus kind of plays all the roles because he's the sower but he's also the seed. He is the Word of God. I want you to know that, that every seed reproduces after its own kind. If I plant orange seeds, I'm going to get oranges. If I plant apple seeds, I'm going to get apples. If I place peach, nectarine, whatever, I, whatever seed I sow, that's what's going to be produced. If you speak words of hopelessness, words of negativity, words of... If those are your words, you need to understand every word that leaves your mouth is a seed. But if you can, learn here from Elisha, if you can get heaven's words, because every word of God is a seed that produces a kingdom harvest. If you are fed up with Shunem, if you are fed up with living in an uneven place, if life has been cruel, if the devil has attacked, the gift of God, the anointing of God, the blessing of God, the first thing you got to do is change what's coming out of your mouth. Speak what heaven speaks, see what heaven sees. Can I tell you, we don't interpret the Word through the Spirit of the world. We interpret the world through the Spirit of the Word of God. See the world. Leanne and I have to deal with our daughter's school because the, the temptation of every Christian school is to depart from a biblical worldview. No longer seeing the world through the lens of the Scriptures. We're here to say that if you look at the world through the lens of the Scriptures, you'll see correctly, you'll see rightly. If you speak heaven's words, you'll see 
heaven's clarity and then hand to hand you'll do the great works of heaven isn't it interesting that Jesus said all three he said he said I only speak what I hear the father speaking he says and I only do the works that I see my father doing and he says the works that I do are not mine but the father's speaking seeing doing speak we are called to be witnesses to Jesus Christ witnesses testifying of his life death and resurrection testifying that he is indeed alive testifying that he is indeed seated at the right hand of the power testifying that his spirit is alive in the earth that there is a house of hope there is a house of breakthrough there is is a house of healing there is a house of deliverance there is a house of salvation there is a house that speaks the word of god there is a house that prophesies there is a house that turns things around there is a house that causes the uneven to become even again there is a house where all things are possible there is a house where tumors disintegrate there is a house where cancer is healed there is a house when barren becomes fruitful there is a house where your life can change there is a house where breakthrough is imminent there is a house it's called the house of God it's called the house of God come on stand to your feet I'm, I'm out of time Dr. Matt already warned me he said if you go over time you're not coming back I'm like oh shoot lift your hands high to heaven Father, I thank you for an awakening that is happening over these beautiful people. There was neither voice nor hearing. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that both hearing and voice, hearing and voice, hearing and voice. Thank you for Dr. Cordy Williams, unafraid, unashamed. Holy Spirit, continue to just incline his ear. Do you know it says, uh, Dr. Cordy, I think it's Isaiah 49. So beautiful. It's the messianic uh, passages of, of Isaiah talking about Jesus. And, and, it's, and it's literally the spirit of Jesus saying, you awaken my ear, or another translation, you incline my ear morning by morning to hear. And I just hear that your, the, the elevation of your voice is determined by the elevation of your hearing. Keep, you just keep going into God. You don't have to fight the battle. And there's been many days where it's been Dr. Cordy Williams fighting the battle on his own pushing back on his own and you've been looked over your shoulder saying where is my help where are the people who said they'd stand with me where are the people hey man we got you back we got your six and and they're not there the lord would say don't worry don't worry about them you lean into me you lean into me you incline your ear morning by morning and the elevation of your listening of your hearing from heaven is going to be the elevation of your voice in the land father i thank you right now let me just say this if your life is not right with Jesus, make it right today. January 1986, I gave my life to Jesus. I, I didn't understand everything that was going on. All I knew was what, what that person was talking about, about Jesus I didn't have. I tried drugs, I tried booze, I tried girls, I tried stuff, I tried success, I tried to fill this void and nothing filled it. I didn't realize that the hole on the inside of me was, a, was an eternal hole and I couldn't fill it with temporal things. But the moment I received Christ, I didn't join a denomination or become religious. I was born again and I became His child. If you're, you've never had that, today is your day. Maybe you're here today and maybe you once walked with God or you had a Christian upbringing or religious upbringing. All of those things are good. But sometimes we can just think, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of around it all. But God wants it to be personal. 
God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. And if you've never surrendered, surrender. Or maybe you're here today and you're just far from God. The most beautiful thing about church is we never want anybody to leave the same way they came in. You may have walked in, beaten up. You may have walked in far from God. This is a house of hope. This is a house of healing. It's a house of salvation. It's a house of restoration. If you walked in today, we want you to walk out with God. With God filling you. His presence, His anointing, His power, His Word. So if you're one of those three categories of people, you've never surrendered. You, you grew up, you walked away, or you're just away. You need to come back, or you're here today, and you're just far. Well, every head is bowed, every eye closed. If you're one of those three, would you just give me a wave of your hand? And I'll see your hand. I'm going to say a prayer for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Thank you through that. Thank you, thank you, sir. I see that hand. Thank you, young man. I see that hand. Thank you up there. I see that hand. Thank you, thank you. Who else is there? Thank you through there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, through there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, darling. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. So many hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, there are so many hands. Listen, at our, at our church, we love God and we love to give gifts because God loves to give gifts. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.